Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, we've been talking about uh, healing, and this is a series I started several weeks ago. And so in the last few weeks, or the last maybe a couple of weeks or so, we've been talking about uh, healing from the standpoint of God's mercy, that God is a compassionate God, that he's a merciful God. And it's the mercy of God that leads him to heal today. And when you think about it, it's the mercy of God that causes God to do everything he does. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. Isn't that what John 3, 16 says? So it's the mercy of God, the love of God, the compassion of God that leads him to do everything he does. And so it's good to think about that. And I've, I've spent time on that and it's something that, that can be a deal maker, if so to speak, in your mind. It can be a game changer. If you see uh, as you should and as you can see the magnitude of God's love and that if like Jesus said, if you being evil or just natural people know how to do, do good and give good things to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven? Everybody say, my Father in heaven. God is, I know to the unsaved, the concept of God, if they believe in God, you know, a lot of unsaved people do believe in God, they just don't know anything about him. To them, God is, is at best, many times, just a, a faraway uh, figure that uh, they don't really know personally or they don't really see how he has any uh, particular interest in them. And so God is a, is a kind of a cold uh, term or designation and, and but God is not just God to us he's our father like I said on Wednesday night Jesus did not come here to reveal himself to us he came to reveal the father to us and we have a father in it when you are born again you are when, when a person comes to Christ and believes on Jesus the new birth is a rebirth of the human spirit and you become a child of God. People who are unsaved are not children of God. A lot of times people talk about the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, all of us are God's children and I understand where they're coming from in the sense that all of creation, all men, women, you know, everything in creation all came from God and so there's a brotherhood in that sense. But spiritually speaking, it isn't so. Jesus said to even the religious people of his day, you are of your father, the devil. Now, that's not the best evangelistic message title, you know, to just start out, out the gate with, but it's nonetheless true. And uh, people who are not born again because their sins, uh, the Bible says they've been separated from God. And yes, he's still creator, but there isn't a personal relationship there. But when somebody comes to Christ and believes on him, they're born again and their spirit is brought, is recreated and brought into fellowship with God and he becomes our father. Think all of you fathers out there or sons who've had fathers, think about fatherhood. Think about uh, uh, 
how, how much a father will do, how he'll work and sacrifice and, and prepare and, and give in order to give his children something better than he had. That's just, that is a natural tendency of fatherhood and it comes from the love that fathers have. Well, all of that love has its source in God. He is the God of all fatherhood. He is the father of all fatherhood, it says in, in Ephesians. It, it says, from whom the father, from whom all fatherhood takes its name and derives its meaning. So we ought to, we ought to just look at our own selves and think about how much good we would do to our children and how, and how uh, uh, completely uh, unthinkable it would be for a father to withhold some life-changing, altering thing for his children. If your children are hungry, you're gonna feed them. If your children are sick, you're gonna nurse them and try to get them well. You're gonna do whatever it takes to, to relieve that pain. Now, a child might, be, uh, might disobey and be in punishment, but you're not gonna withhold dinner. You're not gonna withhold uh, health care. You're not gonna withhold the, the, the things of life that people accuse God of withholding from his children all the time. God's not like that. God's not a child abuser. Any parent that would intentionally afflict their child, any parent that would grab a child's hand and put it on a hot stove to teach that child that the stove is hot would go to jail. And yet Christians believe God does things like that all the time. Well, he, he made me sick. He caused this, uh, this accident to happen and this person was killed and God was in it. God's not that way. He's not an abuser. Jesus said, if you, being evil, know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your father, your father, your father, not just God, but your father in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And if you go through the Bible, you can find out that healing is everywhere called a good thing. Not at any time is healing ever called a bad thing. Healing is always referred to a good thing. When Jesus was there that day in the, in the temple, there was a man with a withered hand. And the Bible says that the religious people were watching Jesus to see whether he would heal him, this man on the Sabbath, so they could accuse him. And the Bible says Jesus looked around and he, and he, he had the man stand up and he said, is it right to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath? To save life or to kill. And it says they, they, they didn't answer him. They were silent. And he looked around about with anger, it says, being grieved at the hardness of their hearts. It's hard-heartedness. Religion can be very hard. Robs people of the, of the true uh, picture of God's heart. Said he was angry at them. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Bible says it was restored to its former state. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Why? Because obviously the healing was the doing good, not the doing evil. It was the saving life, not the killing. Isn't that right? When the man that, that, that Peter and John ministered to in the third chapter of Acts, when he was raised up and the religious people again found fault. 
They said, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to this crippled man by what means he's been been made well, let it be known to all of the nation of Israel that the name of Jesus made this man completely whole. Oh, hallelujah. So, so I didn't intend to preach on the, on the goodness of God, and the, but I just wanted to make a point that that's valid. It's valid. If you don't know anything else, just knowing what's good and right would tell you that it's God's will to heal. Oh, hallelujah. But today I want to go back a little bit further in the Bible and show you what God's goodness and mercy has caused him to do from the very beginning. And so we're going to look at just some old scriptures, Old Testament scriptures, not old scriptures. They're all old, but they're Old Testament scriptures. Be, 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 uh, be warned if somebody has some new scriptures. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got these new verses. Uh, no, I don't think I want to hear those. Amen. Go with me to Exodus chapter 15. <laughs> Exodus 15. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is when the children of Israel had just crossed the Red Sea and been delivered from Pharaoh and his army and you know what happened there and just a tremendous deliverance. And uh, let's start in verse 22. In the previous verses is, is what's called the Song of Moses and the Song of Miriam. This was a prophetic song that that Moses began to sing and lead the children of Israel and then Miriam did the same thing. And then uh, it says in verse 22, so Moses brought Israel from the, Red sea, from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. They named the place Marah, which means bitterness. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast the tree into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, Give ear to his commandments and keep all his, his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. Oh, glory to God. It says that when the Lord showed Moses a tree and that tree is a type of the cross. Because cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, the Bible says. This tree was a type of the curse and a type of the cross. And it says that when uh, he cast the tree into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. This was the very first uh, mini covenant, if you want to call it this, this, the first statute or covenant that God entered entered into other than you know Passover the big covenant of God's delivering his people but as far as a like a mini covenant that he entered into his with his people with Israel this was the very first one and it says he made a statute and an ordinance with them and said if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God 
and do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you for which I have brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. Now I want you to notice I'll, I'll take, since my time is kind of limited, I'll just kind of restrict my comments to this point. If you notice in your King James Bible or maybe some other translation, you'll notice the word Lord there. Notice it's capital L, but it's also capital O-R-D. Now, O-R-D is smaller than the, cap, than the L, but notice it's not little O-R-D. It's, it's caps, but they're smaller in size. Do you see that? Anytime you see that in the Bible, anytime you see the word Lord spelled that way with all caps, but the first letter large like an ordinary cap and the other letter small, but yet they're still caps. Anytime you see that, that tells you that in the Hebrew, that's the word Jehovah. Or it's, it's actually spelled in the Hebrew, I think, Y-H-W-H. And it was probably pronounced Yahweh. And the reason we're not sure is from the very beginning when Moses and the other authors, you know, Moses actually wrote Genesis through Deuteronomy. When Moses and the other writers of the Old Testament, when they wrote the name of God, they had such reverence for God that they wouldn't fully write his name. They would only write these four letters and they left the other letters out. Now that's what Hebrew scholars tell us. The evidence is that they would not write his whole name because they revered him so highly. I tell you what, it'd be good if people had that kind of reverence for God today. But, I, but God never required this. This wasn't something that God required. It's just something they did. So we don't actually know the full spelling of his name. And so we believe that Y-H-W-H probably was pronounced Yahweh or something close to that. And the English version of that is Jehovah. Now this has nothing to do with the, with the religion, the Jehovah's Witness. They're, they're, they pass themselves off as Christians, but they really aren't. It's not a, it's not a bona fide Christian a group. And sometimes people are afraid of that word. But the word Jehovah is, according to the, uh, to the Bible, Jehovah is the redemptive name of God in the Old Testament. It is, it's the name of God where he, and it's, and it's, a, it's an ongoing self-revelation. In the, in the Old Testament, through this name and through certain compound names, Jehovah and another word, he would reveal himself and it was progressive all through the Old Testament. This is the very first of those compound names. And what this literally says, where it says, for I am the Lord who heals you, the words Lord who heals you is a compound name. It's hyphenated. It's, it's Yahweh or Jehovah slash Rapha, R-A-P-H-A. And the word Rapha means to heal. So here he said he revealed himself to, this is the, he revealed himself with seven different redemptive names in the Old Testament. And for instance, in the 23rd Psalms, anybody know the 23rd Psalm? How does it begin? The Lord is my shepherd. In the original Greek, it says Yahweh or Jehovah, 
uh, uh, dash shalom. Uh, excuse me, that's the wrong one. Uh, uh, shepherd, not, uh, yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. It's not shalom, shalom is peace. But there are, there are uh, these hyphenated names, there are seven of them. Shepherd is one of them. The Lord is my shepherd. Another one is the Lord is my peace. Another one is the Lord is my righteousness. Another one is the Lord is my victor. Another one is the Lord is always present. This one here is the Lord my healer. I am the Lord who heals you. Now, like I said, these seven redemptive names show God in his redemptive relationship to man meeting every need of fallen man from the beginning until the end. Every spiritual need, every physical need, any kind of need. It shows God meeting those. And when Jesus came, he was the fulfillment of every one of those names. Jehovah Shema. If I'd have looked at this earlier, I wouldn't have got tripped up. Jehovah Shema is the Lord is there. You'll, you don't have to look it up. You can write it down if you want to. Ezekiel 48, 35, it says the Lord is present or the Lord is there. Well, Jesus fulfills that. Isn't that right? Because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, glory to God. He said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Another uh, of these uh, uh, seven names is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. That's in Judges 6, 24. The Lord our peace. Well, the New Testament says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians says he is our peace. And then there's Jehovah Ruah. That's the one I was trying to refer to from Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. In the Hebrew, it doesn't say the Lord is my shepherd. It just says Jehovah Ruah. And that means shepherd. And so Jesus is the good shepherd. Isn't that right? Praise the Lord. And then there's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. You remember when Abraham took uh, his son Isaac, he was told to go up on the mountain and, and offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. And so he got Isaac and Isaac carried all the sticks and the fire, you know, uh, in his hand and they went up to the mountain and, and it got close to time and, and Isaac said, well, dad, uh, uh, where's the sacrifice? And, Ab and Abraham said, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. And when, as soon as he's, and then in the Hebrew, it's, it's Jehovah Jireh. And so it's translated, the Lord will provide. And so God did provide a sacrifice. He gave Abraham, drew his attention, and over in the thicket was a ram caught by the horns, and God provided that sacrifice. Well, God provided a sacrifice for us, didn't he? And he always provides. He says, God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Jehovah Nisi is the Lord our banner or the Lord our victor. And uh, that's in Exodus 17. Here it says, and in other places, here it says, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's Jehovah Didskanu, which is the Lord our righteousness. And we've been made righteous by the Lord Jesus Christ. He is, we are the righteousness of God in him. But this one is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Now, God started the children of Israel out once they crossed the Red Sea. He started them with this passage in the 15th chapter of Exodus. He revealed himself as their healer. 
Sometimes people say the great physician. That's where this comes from. He is the Lord, our physician. Could Jesus abandon? See, a lot of people today believe, well, God healed people back then. Yes, he healed people in the Old Testament. Yes, Jesus healed people. Yes, the apostles healed people. But God's not really offering that today. If God's not offering that today, if Jesus is not healing people today like he once did to begin with, he's no longer the same. Because Hebrews says he is the same. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. But not only that, if he's not healing people today, then he has abandoned this office because Jesus is the fulfillment of all seven of these names. He has abandoned that name today if he's no longer healing. If he's not our healer, then, then Jehovah Rapha has been set aside. Well, if Jehovah Rapha has been set aside, how, how many other things have been set aside? We have, we have no, what I'm saying is we have no more right to say that Jesus has abandoned the office of healer as we have the right to say he's abandoned the office of shepherd or the office of our peace or the office of our righteousness, or the office of our victor. He is, he is the person that holds that title. And if he is one of them, he is all of them. Amen. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. That's good news. Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, let's look at a couple other verses, maybe. Well, I better not. It's time. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I get, time gets away from me. Praise the Lord. See, I can do it. All things are possible to him who believes. <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Glory to God. I tell you what, God is our healer. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. Anytime the devil comes up to you and says, well, I, I don't know, you know, you're going to pray, but I, or can you really believe he'll do that? Just remember who he is. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord, not just my healer, your healer. Amen. He is a healer. That is what he does. Glory to God. Let's stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Aren't you thrilled with Jesus? I am, I tell you. I am so grateful that Jesus through Christ, put it this way, God has provided everything I need. There will, there will never be a need in this life that Jesus hasn't become that need. The Bible says he has been made unto us wisdom from God. If I ever need wisdom, I know I have it. He said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask from God. And he'll give it to you without holding back, without condemning, without judging. Why? Because it's his nature. He's compassionate. He's disposed to show favors. If I need, if I need money to meet a financial need, he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And, and, and it's in his nature to provide it. If I'm troubled and I need peace, he is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. I don't have to wonder if he'll give me peace. And I really don't have to struggle to believe it. Have you ever been troubled in mind and 
bothered and something really attacking your mind and you went to the Lord and said, Lord, I, I need your help. I, I'm troubled with this. Did you expect him to do it? Yeah, you did. Now, it might, you might not have just calmed down right then, that very second. But you know, once you give that thing to the Lord, if you'll just, if you'll just maintain praise and just start saying the right things, you know it's not going to be very long and the peace of God's going to come flooding in your heart. Even though you haven't sensed it and you're still troubled, you know it's coming because he is the Lord our peace. You know he's going to answer that prayer. Well, you, by the same token, you know he's going to meet your need. You know he's going to provide that financial need. You know he's going to provide that healing. Just let set your mind at ease and believe you receive it and know I don't have to be concerned about it. My body still might be hurting. I might still have symptoms, so that's okay. Just like when my mind is still troubled for a little while, I don't worry about that because I know what I've prayed, he's done. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.